Blog Talk Radio. It's a gridiron stud show and a promo that's got the flow. Football knowledge from toe to toe with Amo, Salamino, and the other host. You already know Chad Wilson brings you the show. Dial us up. Give us a call. We're waiting here to talk some ball. 347-633-9365 is the number to call. So don't sit around. No time to stall. Giving you football from wall to wall. And now we give you our two hosts, Amo and Chad with your breakfast toast. got a game going on. It's going to be that kind of day. We're on the air, by the way. Are air. we? We got a game going on. Jesus. I think this is what they're going to play now uh, in college wow. football. Here it is the right breakfast here. post went away. We went right to like a game of Pac-Man. Awesome. Yeah, can you believe that? Good. No, I, I, I always like eating pal. the fruit in that game. You, you, miss, you miss the breakfast toast. You came in a little late. Uh, granted, I was a little late. Nevertheless, man, we're on the air. We're helter-skelter. It is Friday, all right? We're acting like it's a Monday, but nevertheless. We are here for the next hour. Chad Wilson, Emil Calamino, and the Gridiron Studs Show. Emil, have I lost my mind? People are asking me if I'm okay off of these videos. What's the problem? Oh, What's going on I don't here? know. I, I know I lost my mind. I sent you a note yesterday. You never got back to me. I was driving around listening to Naughty by Nature. Oh, uh Good grief. Yeah, you may have indeed lost your mind. <laughs> Naughty by Nature, they were a good group 25 years ago. Well, good. That, mean, that's perfect, for when, I, just that's perfect to, for when I was listening to them, right? <laughs> why not just listen to Harold, Melvin, and the Blue Notes while you're at it? <laughs> Nevertheless, uh, uh, what do we got going on today? Uh, it's the Brady Appeal. And, Emil, come on. Have you seen their website? Have you gotten any excerpts off of their explanations? The, the, listen, the most egregious, the, the one that is the biggest attack on our intelligence as a nation and our sensibilities uh, is that the big man is called a deflator because he wants well, to lose weight. Why yeah. are they trying us like that? You know the problem on, with this whole, the, 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 where, they, where they went wrong, and you would think over history, a guy like Kraft who's so intelligent would have learned from this. His name it's is rarely the, for crying out loud. But it's rarely the crime that takes you down. It's the cover-up. I mean, if you look throughout it's history, it doesn't matter what it was. The cover-up's usually what does you in. I mean, R- Richard Nixon, had he come clean and said, eh, yeah, I guess a couple of guys were poking around the hotel, eh, he would have got a slap on the wrist or something. But but the cover-up is always what does you in. No different than a guy like Clinton. Well, time Again, out, Emil, time out, time out. If you're going if, if to come correct, you got to come correct, all right? So Nixon would have had to tell exactly what happened. If you said a couple of guys were poking around the hotel, then the reporters go to poking around. I you understand, know what you gotta but, but you got to In this day and age. In this day and age, in any day and age, no, if you say what happened. No, fully admit, fully admit to everything that you did, and in fact embellish it and make it seem like it was absolutely nothing wrong with it and then act outraged by people's outrage. Uh, if there is any, over. right. So it would it would go something like this: um, the Indianapolis Colts complain, and you just come out of your Tom Brady and say, 
yeah, well, look, we took some air out of the ball. I like my ball soft. And, you know, that's 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 the way that it goes. Um, I didn't think it was really that big of a deal. Uh, is there a rule against that? If there is, yeah. I apologize. But I just I, I like a softer ball, fellas, and, you know, Many of you I mean, when Giselle like drops her balls on my chin, they're always whoa. soft, so I like my football whoa, soft. Whoa, Daddy, at 10.04 a.m. in the morning, <laughs> with 7 o'clock on the West Coast, <laughs> if someone just rolled out of bed and listened to it, well, I mean, they might roll back in to sleep, man. You, I you, mean, you, come you on, you're you challenging. You, you'd have to be You'd have to be smoking something. There's no explanation for this. Here's what you say. Listen, we deflated the football we consider it gamesmanship. Tom likes the ball so he can grip it. Um, we're, we're sure or we know other teams do things similar to this. Uh, we really don't see what the big deal is. End of story. But you admit to it. Then, like you say, you can act out. You, you can go through all the other stuff afterwards. But if you're just going to try to explain it away with all this silliness, like, you know, the atmosphere, this, that, come on, man. That, you'd have to mm. be an idiot to believe that. Yeah, yeah. I, I think – um, if you haven't learned this already, uh, the better strategy in this day and age with all of the cameras and all of the intel and all of the uh, bootleg uh, investigative reporters um, and, and, and all the media that is available, there's no sense in trying to cover anything up. It's going to get discovered. People want to talk. People want to be famous. People can't keep their mouth shut. People are going to investigate. So when when you get caught, just come clean, come clean, come strong, clean. Like, yeah, I did it, you know. Yeah, my, my, I mean, my heard had, had the guy that you and I like had an interesting take when I caught him for five minutes the other day. First of all, and I I can't believe this because you know that I, I didn't get a chance to explore his mind. He doesn't think mm-hmm. deflating the ball in and of itself is that big of a deal. I, no. I'll get to. Well, no, I'll get to that later. After it. I kind of do. But but mm-hmm. that said, his point was what bothers him is exactly that. He said, listen, you go to a, a a good accounting firm and you tell them, listen, I own these businesses or properties. I want to fudge my taxes. They may say to you, go ahead, fudge as much as you want. But if you get audited, you're going to come clean because we're not going to risk our practice defending you for your fudging. Okay? Mm-hmm. And that's where he was troubled by kind of what we're saying. Listen, you got caught. Fine. Come clean. Don't try to, you know, twist like a pretzel or, you know, they're coming up with these things that it's actually insulting to football fans and anybody following the story. But one thing that does bother me is the people that are kind of making it, and and I've had a bunch of people that are not even Patriot fans, being apologists of why this isn't a big deal. And I think they're using bad analogies. They're telling me about the cheating in other sports. And I said, listen, listen. First of all, whenever you start in life by trying to explain current bad behavior through previous poor behavior, that's never a good spot because, mm-hmm. you know, trying to justify what currently goes on by saying, well, somebody else did it, that, that's never a good spot. That said, yeah, I hate that one. I hate that. But they're telling me, you know, about, well, you know, look at baseball. Uh, a guy doctors the ball. I said, wait, wait, a guy doctors the ball, number one, when it's in play. If he gets caught, he's ejected from the game. I said a better analogy I gave a guy was this. He told me he used to rub the baseball in his shin pad so us pitchers could grip it better. I said, well, here's a better analogy because that ball is already in play. We have 20 balls in, ready to go to the umpire before a game. You go into the locker room with your, with your mom's uh, uh, knitting needle, and you loosen the stitches on those baseballs. 
and hand them to the mm-hmm. umpire. So when I throw one and somebody squares it up, instead of going 400 feet, it goes 300 feet to my center fielder. I said, that would be more analogous as far as I'm concerned as to what the Patriots did. Because I'm going to bet you if you check the kicking balls in that game, none of them were deflated. Mm-hmm. So that's well, why I think it's a big deal. I mean, it's a competitive advantage. Period. I think people are trivializing this because of the margin of victory. But that's, again, that's- another flawed, you know, and, and you're, you're a logical guy, so I, I'm sure you're going to get what I'm saying. They're using results-based thinking. In other words, we know what happened afterwards, so therefore, yeah, but because that, they want... But that, to that point, though, Emil, to not even get to that, to that point, uh, football is a game of momentum. So um, if by having the balls deflated, you're able to you know, throw the ball the way you want to early in the game, and the receivers can catch the ball the way they want to early in the game, and your opponent can't, and you, you get up 7 nothing, 10 nothing at the end of two possessions then especially when you're at home, it could very well lead to a blowout. So um, I'm not really on board with that. I think right, right. And again, it's, and we already though, know what happened. Uh, do you think the Patriots knew they were going to win by 38? Because if they did, I'm sure they wouldn't have done this. Um, <laughs> perhaps they knew deflating the balls would get them a 38-point victory. Well, what, what, I'm, what I'm getting at is exactly what you said. You know, I mean, you, it's a game of momentum. You don't know. You only know – that it was a big win because it already happened. It's no different than the, than the meatball sitting on the couch fourth and one, and when the team runs it up the middle and gets stuffed, damn, they should have faked the run and thrown a pass. He would have been wide open. I know that. Or if they did that, why didn't they just run the ball? Damn it, it was one yeah. yard. You're telling me we can't I get think a yard? At the end of the day, I think at the end of the day, uh, we can both agree, uh, I think many would agree, that uh, just come clean. You know, when, when yeah. kids were young, when Quincy was young, he had this thing that he would do, never understood why something would go down in the room when you know the wife and I weren't there or you know where some some part of the house and we'd show up and and ask what happened and you know you're expecting the cover-up to happen you know because kids do that and uh he would proudly say I did that <laughs> I mean look at it at his work like proud as all hell I did that he'd stand right up and and say it and the wife and you didn't know what to say as a parent because you're like, like well yeah like what's you- up with this kid yeah, and what he did was really bad, but you know what? Admitting to it yeah. was really cool. <laughs> yep. Yeah, he would just come right out and proud. Like, and, I mean, stand right there in the middle of the room like Superman with both hands on his waist uh, and like there was a cape flying off of his neck and say, I did that. Well, so let, I, let I me take you a little bit different direction on this that. story for a second. Okay, we, we're, we're in agreement on that part, but let me ask you this. How funny is this NFL appeal system? Chad? I'm sentencing you, is sentencing you to death. Your Honor, I'd like to appeal. Okay, be in my chambers tomorrow morning at 8.30. You're going to appeal to the guy that sentenced you? What, what's, what's going to be the effect here if, if this is reduced to two games, which I could totally see happening? What do you think is going to happen? If it gets reduced to two games, I'm thinking Brady's bringing Giselle with him in the room and, and, and then dropping her <laughs> off and leaving her alone with, with Goodell. You are just so on this lady today. Can she rest? I mean, can she? <laughs> if that if 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 that happens, what do you think is going to be the gr- the grand reaction? If what I just said happens. I think Out- I think I think Brady will get to play two extra games. Good grief! <laughs> Good lord! You will not let this lady sleep today. What's the matter? Listen, you want to join us on the show today while my co-host here is all just sealed up. 
Number to call, 347-633-9365, especially if you're in the Northeast and you have an opinion. I would love to hear from some Boston folks if they're listening to the Gridiron Stud Show today. Call in. Tell us why Tom Brady doesn't deserve to get a four-game suspension because, you know, coming out of the New England area, and we all know fans are not very rational, they're, cry- they're crying bloody murder. Oh, other similar things have happened, and no one has received a penalty. Like, what, do you like think they? Do you think that any of our callers will have given to the Patriot Fund to pay the million dollar fine? How dumb do you have to be as a fan to give to a fund to pay a team's million dollar fine when the owner's worth five or six billion dollars? How dumb? Well, do you here's have to the be? kicker on that one. Here's the kicker on that one. I'm understanding that the GoFundMe page has started, and when last. Yes. I heard about it. It was up to $11,000. So that means plenty of morons contributed to this. And then now the New England Patriots are saying they're not going to accept the money. So I think uh, the $11,000 goes to the fan that started the GoFundMe page. I'm going to have to double-check on that, but that's what I was hearing. So Well, uh, you, you would hope, however, GoFundMe handles that, uh, they return the money since they have the, the electronic trail because, well, you know, you know what? I hope they give it to the people who the families of those Amtrak victims or something. Give it this. I can't believe there's that many idiots in our society. Oh man, you 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 <laughs> have got a really bright look on things. I, I guess mean, I just do. just yeah. I mean, you are just uh, rosy with positivity today when it comes to our country's intelligence. However, I feel though I feel that way, I still think the Patriots are insulting us with their explanation uh, for what exactly happened there. It's just nonsense. You go to that website and you read some of that, and, and again, the biggest crime is uh, that you called the guy who deflated the footballs, who happens to be heavy set, if that's the correct term. Uh, that's why you call him the deflator, because he wanted to use weight. He wanted to lose weight. That's the term that you use, deflator? How coincidental is that? Do you think, let me ask you this, let me ask you this, though. Let me throw this out there. Obviously, the Patriots for the last 15 years have been the most successful franchise consistently. Do you think that's a large part of the outcry? Or do you think if, say, this was maybe a team that was more humble as far as ownership goes, like the Steelers or... What do you mean? What do you mean the outcry? Well, The general consensus uh, is that... Everyone is pleased with what's been done. No, no, I mean, the, um, do you think the fact that many people are pleased that Brady was suspended is because it's the Patriots? Oh, you, yeah, no doubt. I mean, we are. We but do you think a, that's their success driving that or their arrogance? I mean, in other words, if it was the Steelers or oh, the it's Packers. Oh, two-part. You know, you, you, know you, you can combine the both on that. But the first part is uh, hating on the success of a team. I mean, that's just what we do in, in this country. I can't speak for anyone else, um, uh, for any other country. But here, when you achieve a certain amount of success, then people are crying for your downfall. They wait for it. Um, okay, so you and, think and so that, let's say, a team that has maybe been very successful, but not as much the last 15 years, like my team, the Cowboys, if it was them, people would be just as giddy? Um. Uh, no, maybe not just as giddy, but, but pretty do close. Understand. Do understand, though, if your Cowboys were as successful as the New England Patriots have been, uh, I, I'm I'm pretty sure Cowboy fans would be rather arrogant. Uh, I'm sure that several of the Cowboys would, in turn, become a little arrogant, or at least would be viewed in that way. And then, yeah, 
the uh, venom against them would reach the levels that the Patriots okay. are experiencing gotcha. right now. So you now. think it's These purely a function? Fans you think turn into morons. You know that. Fans turn into complete morons once their teams uh, start becoming very successful. You know, you start asking fans right now who the most obnoxious college football fans are right now. You're going to get many of them to say Florida State fans because Florida State has been rather successful over the last three or four years, and people can't stand Florida State fans because, uh, you know, there's a little high step into the end zone when your team is doing well. So, well, When I say arrogant, though, I don't mean like, like – Cock, I think cocky, I mean, the word for arrogant I'm using is almost like, listen, we break the rules and we don't give a damn in this case. That, that well, to me obviously the, they, they give a damn because they attempted to cover this one up. And that would have been the only drawback to them just coming out and admitting it in the way that I suggested when this show began. Um, is They would have probably faced a backlash from that as well. And the biggest problem here, Emil, is that they have a history. They have a history of cheating. And I think that's one of the big things that's working. And, and that's what I was here. going to ask you about, because here's what I'm always, as a logical, I try to be a logical person, putting fandom aside and just looking at this logically. They've been caught three major times so far cheating in different aspects, from the taping of the Rams Super Bowl practice to the taping of sidelines when they were told not to do it to now this. That's three times in Coach Belichick and, and Brady's 15-year relationship. So what I say is, obviously, they don't catch all the cheating. So I, I'm wondering, what didn't they get caught doing? Mm-hmm. Because, um, I mean, the chances well, do, of you, do you doing anything only do you three think times. They're the only ones, you think they're the only ones cheating out there, though? Um, they no, what I'm saying is I think they're doing so much of it that they're getting caught. In other words, yes, I think other teams bend the rules. But statistically speaking, if you only did three different things and got caught three times, uh, the, the, the NFL investigators should be running our country's security. Okay, that's how good they'd be. Mm-hmm. So my point is I think they got enough of it going on that every once in a while they get snagged. That's my point. Yeah. Um, so it's just a volume thing for them. They're doing it so much that they're, they're getting them. Yeah, like if Tiger Woods had a girlfriend for 10 years, he might be okay like, he might have somehow got away with it or at least not embarrassed himself as much. But he had, like, 20 or 30 of them. So, eventually, a couple a couple mm. came out of the Skittles bag. The Skittles bag. I like that. Well, listen, <laughs> is cheating the way to achieve success in sports in this country? We'll talk about that when we get back on the Gridiron Stud Show right after this. on seven season summer basketball family picnics all around the corner and you're paying big money for t-shirts from screen printers why screen printed t-shirts are costly when done for small groups they're limited in color unless you want to pay an even higher price more colors mean higher prices how do we solve this do it yourself at home with your inkjet printer and a hand iron that's right with heat transfer paper sold at t-shirtsupplies.com you can design your own logos Put any wording you want, print it on your inkjet print paper, and using the proper paper sold by t-shirtsupplies.com, you can get this the way that you want it. There's no limit to the amount of color or the design. You can transfer a photograph using this paper. It's great for team sports. It's great for family reunions. It's great for birthday grips. 
The t-shirt is part of the American culture, and now you can design your own. Don't worry if you haven't done it before. T-Shirt Supplies has the first-rate customer service. They will help you get the paper you want for your project and steer you in the right direction. Visit them now at t-shirtsupplies.com. That's t-shirts, no hyphen, supplies, plural, all one word, dot com. Or call them at one 857 2737 That's 1-877-85-PAPER. T-shirtsupplies.com. Go there now. here on the Gridiron Stud Show. Uh, it is camp season here for, you know, this is, they call it the off season. They call it that, but it's very, very active off season, not just for the NFL, not just for college football, but also for high school football and camp season is coming upon us as spring football comes to an end. One of the best camps that I have had the pleasure of uh, attending and uh, having both of my kids go to is a camp put on by Football University, FBU. Uh, you may know them as the folks who are very instrumental in picking the uh, players that participate in the Army All-American game. Well, South Florida listeners, FBU camp is making its way down here Memorial Weekend. That's next weekend, and that is May 29th to the 31st. It's going to be at Coral Springs High School. Um, if, you're, if you find yourself with nothing to do or if you find yourself wanting to really improve, it's uh, a great experience it really exposes you to the college-type atmosphere. Kids will both be on the field, and they'll do a little classroom work. Uh, they'll learn a little bit more about football than they do at the average camp because, again, you know, they do have the instruction in the, uh, in the classroom. Then you head out on the field and apply what you learn, and that's basically how things work at the college level. So they really mimic that. And the good thing about it is former NFL players uh, that take part in it, so you get some high-quality instruction and uh, it's a good chance to uh, meet and greet and rub elbows with this guy and get some pretty good instruction. So that is the uh, Football University Camp. For more information, that's squinn, email squinn at allamericangames.com, squinn at allamericangames.com, and uh, we'll continue to talk How about How long that. are those camps? Good like two, three days? Uh, How do they work? Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, basically a two-and-a-half-day camp. Um, you're going to come in on Friday. You begin the camp on Friday. Uh, you come back on Saturday. It's a full day Saturday and Sunday. You've got like a half day. And then at the end of the camp, you're going to get uh, you're going to get an evaluation from your position coach that is uh, going to tell you about weaknesses, almost yeah, like a scouting report. Yeah, exactly. So and and you know, so you're going to walk away with something in your hand, and you know what it is that uh, you need to work on, which is always a good thing. So if you're Plan on attending uh, down here in South Florida, which is one of the biggest camps that they have on their circuit. Again, send email to squinn, Q-U-I-N-N, at allamericangames.com, and uh, you can get more information on getting signed up for that. I would like to take really a little test camp. with you right now, and you can give me a scouting report on my Urban Dictionary. I'm looking at your morning video um, mm-hmm. here on my screen for the show, and mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. are you wearing a, a, a do-rag? Would that be correct? No, man, that's... That's a total opposite okay. of a do-rag, okay? It, it is a hat 
Uh, oh, backwards. I see. Now backwards. I see the visor. Okay, I feel yeah, gone. Not, not, you know, do-rags are, let's, you know, because we tell the truth here, do-rags synonymous with uh, African-Americans and, you know, hood culture and so on and well, so forth. Well, I asked you because um, I was. I said I'm going to crack out my Urban Dictionary. So, so did yeah, I have the term yeah. right? Was the term right? Yeah, well, well, we tell the truth here. So do-rags, yes, are uh, synonymous with the African-American community. Um, this hat that I have on flipped backwards. Now, this is synonymous with um, what's what's the term I want to use? Well, I want to uh, use the term goof. Yeah, goofy white redneck. guy. <laughs> redneck. Yeah, redneck. <laughs> uh, it's it's a camouflage hat that you're gonna find on a Saturday morning on ESPN at 8 a.m. Someone pulling a bass out of a creek somewhere. Uh, rarely is that ever a black guy. So that's what I got on today. So, and you have it backwards, uh, a, la, a la Tony Romo. Even he started turning the hat around. Finally, I guess his dad told him the visor is to block the sun from your, your face. Well, see, here's the deal, okay, if I can get totally stereotypical right now. I have the redneck hat on, and if I have it forward, I'm a full-out redneck. I'm Carl Malone. Um, that's what I am on that one. But by flipping it backwards um, – I put a little urban hit on that. You see how I did it? See how I, I did. I, I like the way you did that. I like the yeah, way you did it. If you put it forward with the visor to the side, you'd really give it an urban hit. Yeah, there's no telling what I'm going to do next. And to be honest with no. you, with those videos, um, there's not much of a plan. I just go in and what happens, happens. And so I'm saying that to say I'm not really responsible for what might take place in future videos. Oh, just boy. Just that out there as a oh, disclaimer uh, for people. So. Hopefully, hopefully I don't go too far. All right, uh, before we headed for the break, I threw it out there that is cheating the way to achieve success in uh, in in sports nowadays because I've noticed this. Uh, we come after um, we come after our 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 winners in in this country. I mean, watch college any college football program once they win multiple championships. Just watch what happens in the months that come out. Oh, they're going down. They're coming down for something. Your beloved USC, uh, I'm sure they dug and dug hard, and then they found You can go back throughout history. I mean, you could go back, I mean, as far as our history goes, you you know, where you and I would have a recollection. In the 70s, they went hard after Oklahoma when they were really good. They got them, and, Mm -hmm. you know, and and then along came you guys. Oh, they kept getting them into the 80s as well. They were getting Oklahoma left and right. Oh, yeah, they, but, they, but then they went hard after Miami. You know, they went mm-hmm. hard after Alabama when Alabama had mm-hmm. their runs. Then they went mm-hmm. hard after USC. USC got too good. And you know what? I think if Saban sticks around too long, eventually they'll go, you know, digging down there, although they might be humble oh, they're a little digging. bit. They found a few things that haven't stuck, but uh, they're, they're, uh, they're definitely digging over there. And uh, I don't know, it might be getting to the point where um, – you know, they might be falling out of that top spot, so it's not going to be... You know, if I had some money, because I love college football so much, I, if mm-hmm. I had like $5 billion, like a Mark Cuban, here's what I'd do for fun. I'd get a couple of these guys that look like NC, you know, undercover, and send them on to like mm-hmm. a college campus at some program like, you know, I'm picking one here, Akron or Central Michigan. Mm-hmm. And I'd prove that the same cheating that goes on at all these other places like Alabama that they could claim is happening is going on mm-hmm. at Akron or something like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Um, I have the money well, to look, fund it. Uh, I'm I'm here to suggest that it's going on all over. You're talking about someone who played at Long Beach State University and then played at Miami. We had violations at Long Beach State for crying out loud. I mean, it's just too many damn rules. But listen, it stretches beyond that. Listen, the Yankees were very successful in the mid to late '90s and into the early 2000s. 
Now they're trying to find everyone who could have possibly taken steroids during that era. It's right. Just, uh, because we know nobody was, else was taking steroids. The jury, only no, the Yankees. No, the game was completely the, clean. Yes, just the yeah, Yankees. So is, is that what we do? Uh, is it that we, we go and tear down the the champions, or did the champions become champions because they were bending the rules uh, rather severely? What do we have going on here? Uh, I, I think I don't. I think, uh, generally speaking, I think that there's always gamesmanship and that type of, you know, whatever word you want to use, you could use the word cheating. And it probably is throughout every sport there's people trying to get a competitive advantage. I think when you get caught, though, it's the way you handle it. In other words, the, look at Atlanta. The owner, when they when they said, yeah, that's gaining a competitive advantage. If you're piping in loud crowd noise at home and you, your stadium isn't that loud, that does help you. I mean, it, it it gets you penalties. It gets you teams that are confused. The owner said, "You know what? I'm embarrassed." I mean, he didn't he didn't run from it. He didn't say, "Oh, we would never do that." He 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 stood up. He took his penalty, and you know what? It's forgotten about. Now, part of it is it's the Falcons, and they haven't been winning lately. But also the way you handle it, Andy Pettit. There's an example of a Yankee. Yes, I took HGH to heal from an injury. I admit it. It was the wrong thing to do. I wanted to pitch so badly. I'm sorry. Andy Pettit is beloved by Yankee fans. He, he is, um, and that is that is a, a, a prime example of someone who who uh, stood up and you know faced the music. Whereas Roger Clemens is still denying his involvement with uh, with PEDs, and he's suffering as a. Result. Americans are generally very forgiving people. I mean, we like a comeback. We like a, we like people that get up off the canvas dust themselves off, and and fix themselves, okay? So we are, in my opinion, a very forgiving country. What we don't like is someone that won't take responsibilities, generally speaking. Mm-hmm. We don't like people that, that, that duck and shirk responsibility for their actions. Yeah, um, we we don't. It's, I don't know if it's that we don't like it. I just think we get turned on by it because now it's an opportunity for someone to go digging up in there to find out, the real truth. I think we actually get happy when someone tries to hide what really happened, and now we get something like Deflategate uh, becoming a really big deal. I wonder right. what the I wonder what the penalty would have been if they would have just come out and admitted to what they did immediately. If they helped with the investigation, I I, I definitely think that most Brady would have gotten two games out of the gate. I mean, I think he's going to end up at two games. I kind of said that. You know, I, I always think the felt... country is going to go ballistic if if that penalty gets reduced. I think they're going to go absolutely nuts. Well, I'll give. Uh, listen, I'm going to be the first one to say it. I think if he holds firm at four games, I'm going to give Goodell more credit than I've ever given him because here's the way he works for the owners. No matter what people, I don't know how people understand. The commissioner works for the owners. Thirty-two mm-hmm. owners. I think you need. 75% to get approved. I don't know how you, they get rid of a commissioner, but there's a process. He works for them. The two most powerful owners in the NFL are Jerry Jones and Robert Kraft because they have the most mm-hmm. money and the two richest teams, period. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. There's other powerful owners like the Rooney family and the Maras, but right, money talks. And I'm going to be very impressed if a guy making $30 million a year is going to sit in that room with, with, with one of his bosses, probably one of the two or three most powerful bosses, Mm-hmm. and holds firm. I'm going to say that this guy has some stones if he does that. I really believe that whatever Brady got was going to be cut in half. So if he got eight, it would be four. I think if he got four, it's going to be two. That's why I've always felt that way. 
Oof. Uh, that's that's gonna that's gonna be a tough one, man. I just think people are gonna freak out on it. I think, you know, man, I I can't. I just think there's gonna be some really serious serious uh, Goodell backlash. We've already got the false logic out there in the media. Uh, well, you know, uh, if Ray Rice can smack his girlfriend around on camera and get two games, I mean, this guy's playing with footballs and he's got four. So okay, let's 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 use. Ray Rice now going forward, a mistake by all by almost everybody involved kind of admits to a mistake. Let's let's use that as the basis then for all few. Based on that, I mean you'd have to murder somebody to miss a game. <laughs> yeah, <Right>? well. <laughs> oh man, what a mess! What a mess! I just don't. I don't. What do you? What do? You, what do you want to have happen? Let me put you on the spot there. You want I want Brady? Brady to play against the Cowboys so because they're playing in week four, so I kind of want to drop the two for selfish reasons. Look, I want him on the field. work a Cowboy angle into uh, well, the Well, I'm being honest. You, uh, we tell the truth here. I, I want him on the field. I want him on the yeah. field. I'm, I'm, like, well, I'm not one of those fans who necessarily wants to play a game and, and, and win it without the team's best player on the field. I, don't, I mean, I, I don't want to win so badly that I want their best player not playing. Okay. Um, well, uh, you see how fans control things. I don't know. We're just gonna have to see. I I get the feeling. I I would like to see the four games hold firm. I think the New England Patriots have really thumbed their nose at the NFL and the establishment. Um, they've been told several times. They've been punished several times for um, you know breaking rules and doing things they're not supposed to do to get that upper hand. And here they are doing it again. I think a strong message needs to be sent, and you need to hold. Need to hold serve on what you did. Well, if I take my aim of the fan out. hat off, I'm going to agree with you. I think you're 100% right. You asked me, you know, it's hard to separate. You know, as a fan, I, I like that. But you're right. For the betterment of the sport, I think the, the penalty needs to hold. I think there needs to be a message that, you know, if you start cheating and tampering with equipment and, you know, let's pretend the New York Yankees, the richest baseball team, worth the most mm-hmm. money, decided that because their team's a little bit older, the season would be much easier on them if the base paths in Yankee Stadium were only 88 feet. What's a couple feet? I mean, let's, yeah, you know, we yeah, save two feet there, every time A-Rod runs down there, and right. over the course of the year it makes it easier on A-Rod. Is that okay? Um, sure, if they come right out and admit it right away when they get caught. What about <laughs> the Bulls? The Bulls scored 73 points last night. What if they decide next year – they shoot better when the basket's nine feet ten inches. Is that okay? Um, <laughs> they could have used that, my friend. Uh, listen, no, not okay. But I think we'd excuse it in this country if we just um, if, we, if they if they yeah, we just say, well, Ray Rice hit his girlfriend in the in the elevator and only got two games. Why can't the Bulls? Just I love shop when people couple. do that. They just gonna bring up anything that went down before and say, hey, why don't you just let us go on what we what we did there. I don't know. Does that thought ever work with the state trooper? Hey, man, did you not see that car in the far right lane yeah. in 88? It's like that crap. I swear work. to God, I'm waiting for someday, you know, when one of our airplanes, our Air Force planes is flying over a country and like a hatch opens accidentally and they drop a bomb and somebody says, well, when George Bush was in office, we attacked Iraq. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's just, a, it's amazing. It's very school schoolboyish, schoolgirlish, that stuff you do when you get caught. You know, well, you know, Timmy was touching that girl's butt, too. 
you know. Yeah, so why so, can't I? I only played with their hair. We yeah, we should all go in there and get a group. But you know, I, I, it never works, and I don't even know why fans are trying to do that now. But you know, New England Patriot fans are just pulling in whatever they can. Uh, something very interesting came up, and we're gonna head to a break and come back uh, to talk about it. You brought something up in our uh, in, in in our prep. We, you know, we did prep for this show. How about that, fans? Um, you talked about yeah. I'm sure they're impressed offense. right now. No, oh, just totally. Uh, you talked about spread offenses and the effect they're having on the NFL product. Is it good or is it bad? What says the NFL on that? We'll talk about that and more when we return on the Gridiron Stud Show right after this. Do you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready, because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payouts. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over 600000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one-day contest for $25 and, get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS. Do it now! To all you high school recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit GridironStuds.com today. We got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. GridironStuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up and let yourself be seen. there for a little bit. 10.40 on the East Coast Gridiron Stud Show, a TGIF edition of the Gridiron Stud Show. And when you brought up something very interesting, I'll let you introduce it and we can launch into a little bit of a discussion on it here. Before we do that, though, let me remind the folks out there listening, you can reach us on the show today 
by dialing 347-633-9365. We'll talk to you. We'll talk to you about whatever you want to talk about. But, again, 347-633-9365. And uh, you can reach us on Twitter if your phone doesn't work or your boss is looking at you. And boss could be your boss boss or your wife boss. Um, you can reach us on Twitter at Gridiron Studs. At Gridiron Studs, you can reach us. So, have at it, man. What's up? I was reading Fred an article, and they they basically were giving pro, you know props out to their uh, podcast maven there who does a show, and uh, he, he 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 was his show was inspired by something he read from Seattle offensive line coach Tom Cable. Um, and, you know, I'm going to read it to you here. He thinks that the fast-paced read option game is basically damaging college players as far as their ability to prepare for the NFL. And, and Cable says, quote, I'm not wanting to offend anybody, but college football offensively has gotten to be really, really bad fundamentally. He told ESPN 710 in Seattle, unfortunately, I think we're doing a huge disservice to offensive football players other than the receivers that come out of these spread systems. The runners aren't as good. They aren't taught how to run. The blockers aren't as good. The quarterbacks aren't as good. They don't know how to read coverage and throw progression. They have no idea. Agree or disagree from what you from, well, your, from I mean, your naked fan eyes? I think you're asking a question that we've already addressed in the show. You know where I stand. I mean, I've said this, and you've said it in as many words, especially. I mean, the other stuff, he got more in-depth. But I said about quarterbacks in these spread systems, that's – the biggest thing I notice is they don't know how to go through progressions just because of the design of most of those systems. So they get to the NFL, and you get a lot of guys like Colin Kaepernick, where if the first guy's not opened, it becomes a playground game. Hmm. Um, I have this thought, though. You and I really, we can say, grew up in the 80s. You had a bigger bite out of the 70s than I did. That's a, yep. that's a real sly way of me saying that you're older than me. Um, but <laughs> I noticed um, that what what who was winning in the seventies? Well, the, you had the, the AFC team? was basically the Steelers, the Raiders, no, the Dolphins. No, college football, college football. If you don't mind me eating while I do the show here, very. Oh no, me. sure, take a bite. Well, Feel free. It's your yeah, show. No. Um, <laughs> who was who, seventies? Was, was your Alabama, USC, Oklahoma era? Right, and in the eighties, who was doing? Um, the well, winning Miami, Florida that. State. You know. Florida schools are taken. Oklahoma, Nebraska, right? Yeah, they were still good. Sure. Oklahoma, Nebraska. What were they running? They were on the wishbone. Was that preparing college football players like quarterbacks and receivers? No, hell no. And I think if we went back and did a little research, you'd have coaches saying the same thing. There just wasn't as much media out there to get it out there about about those offenses. I mean, that was always the knock on players offensively from those schools they'd get to the nfl and they'd struggle i mean you know you don't remember a great list of i mean think about you know probably the best nebraska they didn't player get the opportunity those oklahoma and nebraska quarterbacks didn't get that opportunity army and navy was doing decent back then too uh those guys didn't get an right. opportunity and they were doing a lot of winning Notre dame uh tony rice didn't get yeah. uh the time of day in the national football league um somehow Throughout that, they found the Marinos, they found the Montanas, they found the Elways, and I think what these NFL teams need to do right now, because we both agree that, you know, these guys coming out of the spread offenses aren't prepared for the NFL life. We're going to see what goes on with Marcus Mariota, is stop drafting these dudes so high. 
draftees well, are coming out of yes. the pro system because you know what the deal is. You're falling in love with these measurables. You're falling in love with the astronomical numbers that they're putting up, um, and it has brought them a certain amount of fame. And yet, and still, these teams continue to go after these guys, and they're just not prepared for the game. And then you're turning around and calling them a bust. How about you make it a priority to get the guys that are coming out of the pro-style uh, offenses? Maybe they aren't putting up 3,800 yards passing during the season, but they have a game that's more suited to the pro attack. Because let's face it, your quarterback can't run around in the National Football League. He can't be running around with the ball. Well, I, listen, I'm in the minority here, definitely, but I feel, first of all, like I, and I've kind of alluded to this leading up to the draft and now after it, I think if the Titans hit on Mariota, they essentially drew to an inside straight. Because I think when you draft players from those systems that high, mm-hmm. it's actually luck if they end up being great. Yeah, however, you, you won't be able to tell future NFL teams that. No, uh, but, but I mean, here's here's my question I ask of a guy like him. And I, from all accounts, from what I've heard about him, he's a great kid, very smart. Uh, works hard, so this is not a shot at him, the person. It's more of the system he played in. How many times has Marcus Mariota had to throw a football and get it, get it out in three seconds or risk being decapitated? Probably rarely when he was at Oregon because of the way he th- where he threw from in the in the different formations and you know how they designed their offense. I'm going to bet you there's not a lot of plays where he had to go through his progressions and get it out of there in three seconds. Oh, true, and that was all the talk of. Uh, about him in the in the pre-draft, uh, you know, workup. But I've already said it. I think Tennessee was a bad deal for him. I think being picked this high in the draft was a bad deal for him because he's going to go somewhere that wants to play him right now, and he's going to make a tremendous amount of mistakes, and he's going to feel a load of pressure, and there's that word bust that's going to start coming up, and it's going to plague him, and that's going to be a problem. I just really thought he needed to go lower down, mid to lower part of the draft. Yes, it takes a financial hit, but your future in the NFL um, would be a little bit more secure because you're going to learn how to be an NFL quarterback by observing first and then being inserted. I think in Tennessee they're going to put him in there right now, and he's been playing in that spread. and He's not going to get to run around with the ball. They're not going to be able to run that hurry up like that. Um, not a whole lot of teams want to engage in that stuff. You know, Chip Kelly wants to do it, but Chip is not long for the NFL game. He'll well, soon learn. We're um, talking so I, about. I don't you, think that's we've, the we've, we've honed in here, though, on quarterback. So we'll stay with quarterback for a second in the spread, and then we'll expand it to what Cable Cable's saying. And you can actually be more helpful there because of your coaching mm-hmm. and playing experience. But I'll start with quarterback. I'm of the Colin Cowherd school, and I know you read his book. Generally speaking, I want guys who played. In programs that were big-time programs against good competition, but they weren't great programs necessarily. Now, every mm-hmm. once in a while, you'll get the Andrew Luck who comes along from a team that was winning big at the time, and he'll be very good in the pros. You look at John Elway. When, when John Elway played at Stanford, they were a 500 football team. They weren't great. Go look at their records. Mm-hmm. Most of the guys that get to the pros, I don't want the USC and Alabama quarterbacks. They may be talented. But they rarely played where they were getting hit a lot. They had guys running four and five yards free in most games. The windows were huge to throw into. And you can see in the last 30 years the history of guys from those type of programs that are consistently near the top with better skill players. I mean, the only USC quarterback who ever did anything in the pros was Carson Palmer. That's it. 
Um, true, and even that was a little bit up and down. So yeah, I mean, well, uh, the injury really hurt him. I think his career changed a lot in that playoff game with the knee injury. But I think I, you could say he was a, a good NFL quarterback, Hall of Famer, no, but a winning quarterback, a winning type of player that you can win with. But generally, they didn't have a lot of them. You know why? Most of those guys, like Matt Leinart, he got to the pros. The windows became tight. He's used to seeing Dwayne Jarrett and Reggie Bush running down the field five yards in the clear. True. And you've made that point, and I think it's a good point uh, that you've made, that it's it's easy to play quarterback, easier to play quarterback, when your guy's just better than the other guy. Your left tackle's better than the defensive end. Your running back is 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 better than uh, the linebacker, so he gets yards and pulls the defense to a certain look. And when your receiver is just going to win – you know, seventy to eighty percent of the time against a cornerback. Uh, it, well, you you sure, played in the pros. You went to camp. I mean, you saw what what happens there. The windows are tight. Guys can cover. So I want a guy that that has the big arm, or, or at least you know maybe not. He doesn't have to have the strongest arm, but enough that he can drive the ball up the field. He can get the ball out in time. He's used to getting hit and throwing under duress. I like this kid, for instance, from Cal. This golf mm-hmm. kid. He's probably coming mm-hmm. out next year. Kid's got a mm-hmm. big arm. He gets hit a lot. Cal's not exactly lighting the world up, winning every game. I, I like a kid like that. That kid. That well, kid we see the under- same thing. We see the same thing in, in in recruiting, and the equivalent to that is, um, you know, and I'm use, we're using quarterbacks as an example here. Is you'll have a quarterback in some rural part of this country that uh, threw for four thousand yards and sixty touchdowns last year, and has uh, eleven thousand career passing yards and. Uh, all that good stuff, and when you pop the film in, he wasn't playing against anybody. And a lot right. of times he had one really dominant wide receiver that he threw the ball to that no one could cover. And, um, you know, he's been made a four and a five star, and he goes to college, and you don't really hear from him again. And I think that's the same thing that we're getting on the college level. It's just more people fail to realize that. that right. USC is at, the, at their heyday was that much better. I mean, look at all the... University of Miami quarterbacks that just didn't pan out. No, they didn't uh, pan out because Miami's players were that much better. And even right now, Alabama, I mean, you know, they've had some uh, McElroy and McCarron, those guys who went through there. I mean, you know, they're not going to do it much in the pros. I mean, they were just playing. I mean, no offense. Are we going to see this with Jameis Winston? Well, actually, I kind of feel, and maybe I'm wrong here, but I kind of feel having watched Florida State that he made a lot of the guys around him better, if you want to know the truth. And uh, I would agree. I would agree, and uh, he, I'd be more concerned taking the wide games. receivers down there than I would be taking him. Well, you see, there was a there was a bit of a problem there. You know, uh, Rashad Green went a whole lot later uh, than I thought he was going to go in this draft, and uh, he was a big part of what they were doing uh, offensively at Florida State over the last two three seasons, and maybe that was a little bit of it. Maybe Jameis being so great. Um, led people to believe that maybe Rashad Green was not uh, as great as people thought. I mean, Nick O'Leary didn't get picked up, and he was a big part of the offense. He was a go-to guy. <clears throat> sure, he had some problems with measurables, and they didn't like his his uh, his arm, his wingspan, and all that. I, I love when that kind of stuff yeah. kills a guy. But yeah, um, so so there may have been we have a, a dominant bit of that, offensive tackle, but his arms are only thirty-four inches. Okay, right. So therefore, he won't block anyone, but. Uh, and, you know, look, let me not make total fun of that. In some cases, this is true. Um, because, no, there's you know, maybe listen, I think you have to take that. every scouting tool in any sport 
and use it as as just that, a tool. But I don't think it can be the be-all and end-all. I mean, it's no different. Listen, in baseball, you, as you're a baseball fan, velocity for a pitcher gives you a, a, a bigger margin for error. So, you know, you throw one up there 98 down the middle, there's a chance the guy fouls it off. You throw it up there 90 down the middle, there's a pretty good chance you're rubbing up a new baseball. That being said, you can't just hold up a radar gun and say this guy's going to be great because there's other things. You know, there's fastball command, uh, does the ball move. Well, it's the same thing in football. I mean, you know that. I mean, oh, wow, you ran a 4 4 5. Well, you might have, you might have like, track speed but not football speed mm-hmm. so your four four five on the field might play like four seven you know um this would be this this might be make for some very interesting research uh if we go through right now and look at the starting quarterbacks of all of these nfl teams and really hone in on 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 the big guys uh who are having the most success and what college programs did they come from we'll do a little bit of that research over the break and when we get back we'll present you our findings. Stay with us. We'll be back on a Gridiron Stud Show right after this. <laughs> what is it? Maybach music. <laughs> You want the truth? Well, here it is. Speed kills, and in no other sport is that true than in football. Speed gets you to the end zone. Speed gets you to the ball carrier. Speed makes you a winner. Do you want championship-type speed? Do you want speed that kills? Then Complete Speed is what you need. Complete Speed is turning athletes into game breakers. With quick and easy methods that are easy to understand, Complete Speed can shave time off your 40-yard dash, make you quicker and more explosive. They have a clear progression, drills, and exercises, along with specific instructions. They also have proven sample workouts and programs for you, the individual, or for you, the coach. Speed is what you need, so hurry now and check out Complete Speed. Just go to gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed. That's gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed for more information right now. The 7-on-7 season, summer basketball, family picnics, all around the corner, and you're paying big money for t-shirts from screen printers? Why? Screen printed t-shirts are costly when dug for small groups. They're limited in color unless you want to pay an even higher price. More colors mean higher prices. How do we solve this? Do it yourself at home with your inkjet printer and a hand iron. That's right, with heat transfer paper sold at t-shirtsupplies.com, you can design your own logos, put any wording you want, print it on your inkjet print paper, and using the proper paper sold by t-shirtsupplies.com, you can get this the way that you want it. There's no limit to the amount of color or the design. You can transfer a photograph using this paper. It's great for team sports. It's great for family reunions. It's great for birthday grits. The t-shirt is part of the American culture, and now you can design your own. Don't worry if you haven't done it before. T-Shirt Supplies has the first-rate customer service. They will help you get the paper you want for your project and steer you in the right direction. Visit them now at t-shirtsupplies.com. That's t-shirts, no hyphen, supplies, plural, all one word, dot com. Or call them at one 857 2737 That's 1-877-85-PAPER. T-shirtsupplies.com. Go there now.
don't know, Emil. I think we may have kicked over the can on something here with these quarterbacks and uh, what their background needs to be. You probably, during the break, moved a little faster on this research than I did since I'm on the switchboard here. We, we need a producer for the show. <clears throat> really quick, though, when I'm looking at this, I don't really want an undefeated quarterback out of college football, and I don't want a guy that's um, won a national championship, and I don't want a guy who won the Heisman Trophy. Matter of fact, a little less success is better. I think what we're going to find out here, and you can present some of your findings here in just a minute, is I really need a quarterback that's experienced uh, a certain amount of failure at the college level before they get to the NFL because you're going to experience failure. Failure on the field or failure leading into the NFL. So let's expand on that. Okay, I took what I think are pretty widely considered the top nine quarterbacks in the league. And there's well, no before specific... you give your nine, can I, would I be right if I said these are the top six guys, Roethlisberger, Rodgers, Manning, Brady, Breeze, Wilson? Yes. Did I leave someone out? And then I also included uh, uh, Romo, Luck, and Rivers, because Rivers has played very well for a long time. No, no Stafford? Uh, no, uh, we, could, we can throw him throw in him there, in but there I think... number 10? We can throw him in as 10, if you want. Okay. So okay. you added you added Rivers, you added uh, Romo, who won the NFL passing title last year before anybody has a hissy fit. Tony Romo, did we mess up by not including? And I don't want to mess this whole thing up, but but by not including Flacco, maybe uh, Flacco over. You could make the case. Flacco I would put Stafford. I would probably put Flacco in there over Stafford, to be honest with you, because right, I think about, Stafford's right. done you know quite a few in inter- Like last year, Stafford wasn't great. They won with defense. I mean, really. I would put Flacco okay. in there. Okay. So Roethlisberger, Rogers, Manning, Brady, Breeze, Wilson, Rivers, Romo, Flacco. I'm missing somebody. Okay. Let me let, let's do this. Let's let me handle this first. Let's take two pedigreed guys right off the bat. Okay. That that mm-hmm. do not fit what we're saying. Luck went to Stanford. Very successful program. First round pick. He doesn't fit what we're, what we're trying to say here. So there's one. The but I have a comment be- on Luck. But go ahead. Okay, and two would be Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning went to mm-hmm. Tennessee. They won a lot of games when he was there, always in the top ten. Uh, basically, oh, experienced a bunch of failure, though. He did, he did. But 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 I, I think, listen, I don't want to try to twist this to, because I think we don't have enough proof of what I, what we're saying here just by going through the list. Okay, so let's let's put those two in the in the side of the column that yes, they had pedigree and success in college. Okay, now mm-hmm. let's go through the list now for the last eight systematically. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers went to Cal. He dropped to mm-hmm. the bottom of the first round in his draft. I think he was twenty fourth or twenty fifth. He was supposed to be a top five pick. Cal mm-hmm. was not exactly a juggernaut for most of his career there. His senior year they did go eleven and one and lost to the USC national championship team in a tight game then went to a bowl game and got annihilated by Texas Tech because they didn't want to be there. They felt they should have been in a New Year's Day game. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So he, he had a share of, success, of failure in college, was not at a top-flight program, dropped in the, in the first round, got, came in with a chip on his shoulder, probably the best quarterback in the league right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, I'm just going into how I scribbled these down quickly because I was going and looking at the NFL team, so there's no order other than I was looking at team thinking of their quarterback. Tony Romo, okay. Eastern Illinois undrafted free agent. Can't get any more failure or small time than that. Russell Wilson. Okay. Mm-hmm. Third round. Spent his first four years, three of them playing at NC State, graduated early, and ended up at Wisconsin. I mean, okay, first of all, Wisconsin, yes, but basically he was his 
he was developed at NC State, which is not exactly a football powerhouse, okay? Tom Brady, yes, he went to Michigan. But at Michigan, he was bounced in and out of the lineup. Uh, the great Drew Henson, who played for the New York Yankees and Dallas Cowboys, yep. uh, would, would shuttle Brady to the bench. He went in the sixth round. He came in with a chip on his shoulder, okay? Mm-hmm. Not exactly a ton of success in college. Big mm-hmm. Ben Roethlisberger, the great Miami of Ohio program. <laughs> right. Okay. Drew Brees, from that powerhouse known as Purdue, third round. Probably, Brick, though, during, during, his, during his time, they are probably one of the most successful eras for Purdue football. But they were, but, but, but uh, by Purdue standards, that was not. beating uh, Quincy Carter in, in the Outback Bowl uh, against Georgia and going 9-3 and three or whatever it was. I mean, they weren't, right. they weren't a top-five team, okay? True, very true. Uh, and, and certainly didn't have better players than everybody they were playing. They were probably winning those eight and nine games those years because of Drew Brees. Is that the that more, we more... can be assured of, absolutely. Okay. Phillip Rivers, another power NC State guy, okay? Phillip uh-huh. Rivers went to NC State. I think they were winning probably six and seven games when he was there if we went and looked, but I'm getting, and that's a guess, wild guess. Mm-hmm. And then finally you, you threw in Joe Flacco, won a Super Bowl, been quite successful. He went to Delaware, which has a great, by the way, Division One Double A program, but again, he's not. He when he when Delaware stepped up in class and played Division One teams, he was playing with far less talent than mm-hmm. what he was playing against. So basically, eight guys fit what we're saying. Where they, where they either had a chip on their shoulder and failed coming in college or coming into the the, the NFL, or just played at a flat out small school. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um. Yeah. Look, you remarked that this is fascinating and. Before doing this research, we really hit it on the head. And in doing the research, uh, you realize that um, you really hit it on the head here with that. I mean, that's, and you could keep going. I mean, we could even say forget if they're successful. Just go down the list and start looking at guys throughout the, littered throughout this league that are, that are starting. And, and, you know, Alex Smith, he went to Utah. Now, Utah's a big-time program as far as they play in the Pac-12. And they've had some great seasons. But Utah, you're not playing with better talent. at you. When you beat USC or you beat UCLA or Arizona State, they probably had better players than you. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. True. True, no doubt. I mean, so you pull the rabbit out of the hat on that one, um, which you're going to face in the National Football League. Um, you're going to have to go win some games where, you know, you got a team that's, that's essentially better than you. And, you know, with it, We've always remarked that on any given Sunday, this can happen or that can happen. You know, you can have an upset. Um, I think we can just honestly say you can get beat on any week in the NFL, and that's, and that's how every week is going to go for you. So if you're a USC, it's not even, it's not even the games against uh, an Oregon or whoever was really a big deal back then in the Pac-10. Who's a big deal? You're, you're well, wait, USC for new fan. listeners, too, deal? by the way, we're picking on USC because if you haven't listened to the show, I'm a diehard USC fan, so we use them as an example. We can insert name there, Alabama, uh, Florida State right now. You know, it, it, We'll just use USC. It's a nice short acronym. But, yeah, you're you, most Saturdays when you're playing at a school like that and now that they're back to full full power as far as their recruiting goes and the sanctions are over it's two or three challenges really a year a year that's the rest right. of the time it's 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 utah you're going to kill you're going to kill colorado you know you're going to you're going to by and large do what you need to do against washington state and oregon and even washington now and you're just going to have about two or three really tough challenges uh nfl type challenges 
throughout the year, and even in those games, if you're a USC back when USC was winning championships, you know you're walking out there with better talent in those kind of games. So, um, man, there's something really to be said about that. Those kind of guys. There is. I mean, I can look at their schedule right now, and I mean, a lot of people will get pissed off when I say this. There's not a team that they're going to play this year that the other team on their regular season schedule will have better players. Now, I'm not saying they're going undefeated by any means. I mean, they have a tough game at Arizona State. They've lost the last two years to Arizona State. They may lose at Arizona State, but they have better players than Arizona State. Make no mistake about that. Yeah, it won't be about it won't be about uh, about them being out talented. That won't be the reason they lose. No, they play Oregon late in the year at Oregon, and as high as Oregon's ranked, I'm telling you, USC has more NFL talent on that roster than Oregon does. How much of this can we attribute to? Uh, the fact that those big-time guys out of college with all the hype get picked at the top of the draft and go to crummy football teams? I I don't think as much. I think a lot of it, um, really, I mean, look at the kid, the linebacker last year went to the Raiders, went number three or four overall from the University of Buffalo. I think NFL teams, um, they get caught maybe a little bit more with quarterbacks, but I think generally speaking, they'll take a guy from anywhere if he can play. I think what really hurts some of these guys coming in from bigger schools, and that could be at other positions as well, um, they, they've they kind of had a cakewalk most of their life. They were the best player in high school. Alabama mm-hmm. or Florida came and got them. They went there. Mm-hmm. Um, they were coached up, and the talent took over, and th- they dominated at that level. And then they went to the NFL, and some guy from Akron's kicking their ass every day in practice, and they don't okay, understand well, it. Okay, well, we talked about the successes. Let's let's throw out a couple of uh, the failures out there, and let's let's try and draw a quick conclusion as to what happened there. I'm going to start throwing some names out. David Carr, Joey Harrington, two guys picked in the top half of the draft their year coming out. Carr went to Houston, a startup, and uh, and then Harrington went to Detroit, who was having their issues. Well, I think Carr, Carr got overdrafted in that, you know, we t- we took he was another guy from Fresno State, if I'm remembering correctly, like Trent Dilfer. Yes. Trent Dilfer, mm-hmm. you know, won a Super Bowl, so it's hard to say his career wasn't a success, but he wasn't nearly as good in the pros as people projected him coming in. I think the problem, taking guys that high from small programs, you run the risk of they're not coming in with a chip necessarily because they're, they're, they're ecstatic, and maybe they feel they've already won. In other words, I'm coming in from Fresno State. I'm the first pick of the draft. Not in my wildest imaginations when I went to Fresno State that I think I'd be the first pick in the NFL draft, and maybe they don't work hard enough. Uh, Perhaps that as well. Um, Alex Smith is someone we've talked about on this show. I don't think he's been a failure as much as – I just think he was overdrafted again. I mean, I think a guy like him, he was a system guy, um, if I'm remembering correctly. uh, Was Winningham his coach then, or was it Urban Meyer? Uh, uh, Urban Meyer Urban, was probably Urban. the coach. Yeah, so Urban. they were running that spread offense. I mean, so he came in as a spread guy, a good athlete. It took him mm-hmm. a few years just to figure the NFL game out. And to his credit, he seems to have done that. Um, doesn't have the biggest arm in the world. He can't drive the ball down the football down the football field. So everything's a check down, and it's hard to move the ball in the NFL if they know that they only have to cover ten yard windows. Um, correct, Vince Young. Vince Young, was a a Vince Young was a phenomenal athlete who got in a bad situation. I think he went to what you and I like to call the graveyard, the, the Tennessee Titans, right? Yeah. Um, 
you know, there's not a lot of talent around. He came in hyped. Everybody had just seen that USC game where he was Superman. I think he had 500 mm-hmm. yards of offense by himself. Mm-hmm. And I think they expected that to happen in the NFL. And the guy was playing in a system at, at Texas that really he needed to learn the NFL game. He got thrown in way too, way too early. Um, I agree. Stop yeah, me yeah, when I'm, I'm wrong. I mean, I'm just giving no, you my no, opinion. No, no, no. I I agree with you on that. I just think he ran into to to some circumstances there. So, um, and Matt, I mean, you remember though? Already... Let's stop at him for a second because I actually like Vince Young. I've seen some stuff. He's a nice guy. Do you remember the time he actually broke down and started crying in the huddle in Tennessee? Uh, I'm a Vince Young fan. I don't even remember that. Yeah, when they when they benched him, there was a story coming out in the first or second year there. I guess he just like lost it in the huddle. He was like had tears in his eyes, broke down um, mentally. And mm. I, you know, I think to some extent with with Vince Young, a lot of that came from that what we talked about. He played at Texas. They were a very dominant team when he was there and, and before and after he left for a while. I mean, they had a good 10, 15-year run of, you know, they were winning 11 games a Man, year. I mean, look, not, not to cut you off, but I will. Ex- I really feel like a lot of what happened with him um, extended off the field. Pressures off the field, things sure. going on off the field seep their way into things. How about, what I was going to say, know, though, is he wasn't used to handling a lot of that at Texas because oh, yeah. he was the True. man. I mean, he. True. In other words, he was the big man on campus. He he was a man among boys most games. I mean, it was actually Superman, funny. Basically, yeah. Superman, yeah. No exactly. doubt, no doubt about that. Uh, Matt Leinart totally fits what we're we're talking about here. Matt Leinart was um, mentally late. I think Leinart had two things going against him, and he would probably admit this uh, as he matured. One was what we we already hit on for quite a while was the whole you know, just more he had more players on his side of the ball. But two. He really liked that whole L.A. lifestyle, from what I understand, really enjoyed a good party. And I don't mean that in a bad way, like he was doing anything bad. And they said he just didn't work very hard in the NFL when he got there. Well, he didn't have to at USC. And he was a guy. And he was already a rock star, so wanted to keep that lifestyle going. Uh, Can either one of us begin to explain Jamarcus Russell? I don't think we – could we? Should we? Well, the NFL got in love with, if you remember him, besides his – his, you know, size, and I use that seriously, not making a joke of his mm-hmm. size. Um, mm-hmm. They fell in love with some of his measurables. You remember he threw a ball like 75 yards from his knees or oh, some yeah. goofy thing? He could yeah. whip it, yep. Yeah. So, you know, um, these guys like that. They're almost like the baseball scouts who, who can't turn the radar gun off. You know, oh, 98, 99, you know. I just love when they fall in love with that stuff. All right, we could probably go on and on, and I think we've made that point, an interesting one at that now, not one that I, you know, I'd researched before, but it, uh, it, uh, it certainly the research supports the uh, take that we have uh, decided to to uh, jump but on. But you want to know what we could we could present this to NFL teams, and they probably have guys doing that for them from they'll Harvard still keep already. Doing what they're doing, yeah, and they'll keep doing it because they just can't. They never want to, you know. They fall in love. It's almost like the guy that sees the girl knows that she's kind of a bitch. But she's mm-hmm. beautiful, and he's going to be the mm-hmm. one that 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 brings her out a wonderful and personality. Turn, turn her into Mother Teresa, yeah. Yeah. And they fail time and again. They fail time yeah. and again, and that's what happens. They see these guys. They they come in. The underwear Olympics begin. The shorts and t-shirts are on, and they look like Greek gods. And they're throwing the ball out patterns, thirty-five yards, like 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 it's a baseball. It's like whoom, and man, they fall in love, and they they throw away all the other research that says you shouldn't do that. Yeah, and listen, um, I wonder if these teams 
employ some of these fantasy guys, or do they think that's just too uh, bush league for them to do that? Because those guys, Emil, I'm telling you, they know their stuff. It's their business to know. It's their business to study those numbers. And they, some of these guys make a living off of this. Why not hire some of those guys? They've presented some, some research and some facts and some figures that no one else has really ever put out there. Um, well, I have some an- anecdotal, I have anecdotal evidence of how fans think, okay? You understand because you know me. I love my baseball, okay? So in the off season, I, I really enjoy the hot stove league, what's going to happen, because I think building a team in baseball is fascinating. It's such a long season. You know you're going to lose games, you know, so it's, it's really you're building something for a marathon. I really enjoy watching that occur. So in the off season, I was on a blog with Dodger fans, you know, as, as moves were happening. Mm-hmm. And you should have heard these fans when uh, they made that trade of Kemp for Grandal, the catcher for the Padres. And I tried to give them just hard evidence. You know, I said, guys, listen, I think Matt's a nice guy. They they sold high. He's one of the five worst defensive baseball outfielders in baseball over the last five years, blah, 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 for even forgetting the money. I said, Grandal's 26 years old, switch hitting catcher, hit 15 homers in the worst park in baseball. I said, he'll be very good for the Dodgers. 26 is right when you start to hit your prime as a hitter. They mm-hmm. told me I was nuts, these people. They said I bought mm-hmm. into all this this, this uh, analytics and it's all BS, blah, blah, blah. Well, right now I went on my computer this morning. Matt Kemp's OPS is under 700. For you non-baseball fans, that stinks mm-hmm. for a corner outfielder. Grandal yeah, as a catcher uh, and you is 940. Been a Kemp fan from, from what I have remembered from some of our conversations on here. And, uh Looks like you're right, my friend. No, I'm just trying feel? to. What I'm trying to say is, I agree with you, and I'm giving an example that the statistics so far are proving that the guys from Harvard with their spreadsheets are looking at a guy in that situation. The catcher they got is is a nine something OPS, which is off the charts for a catcher. The point is, some of this stuff is valid. It can't be your only tool. You can't just crunch numbers, but you you can take everything together and mm-hmm. use more mm-hmm. information to make better decisions. So to your point. Why not get some of these fantasy geeks that look at yards after catch and all these goofy metrics they have to look at these players and weave it into your scouting? It might not be the way you come to the answer, but it gives you more information to get to that right answer. I would certainly employ uh, at least one of those guys if I'm, a, if I'm a GM. I want to hear what they have to say. It's their job to know who's going to perform. Is that not Right, the, and then you the, can the, refute it. Is you that have not the, the core of what they do? their job to know who's going to perform. So they exactly. Collect and you can so. sit there with them and you can say, listen, I hear your your spreadsheet says this, but let me throw this out there. Now now tell me how you're going to refute that with your numbers. And, and if they can do it, then maybe you listen even more. And if they can't, then maybe this time you don't listen to the numbers. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a back and I'd forth. I'd love to know. I, I may try and find that out. Do any of them employ these guys? It's a... Uh, any fantasy geeks? Can you believe that? How about them coming up like that? All right, man. You hear the music? I'm not supposed to be playing this anymore. I'll get on that right away. I need a happy song on a Friday. Happy. We do. We do. We'll find. We'll find something. We'll find something uh, a little happier than this. But hey, this is telling us this is the end of this show. It's the end of another week. It's the weekend, baby. It's on us. And uh, listen, Mr. Calamino and I, as I said in that video, we are the cream. And we'll be thinking that way as we head out this weekend. We want to thank you for listening to the show. We're back on on Monday. Amo and I coming at you. Same bad time, same bad channel. Until then, for Amo Calamino, I'm Chad Wilson. Enjoy your weekend. Thanks for listening to the Gridiron Stretch Show.
career, you want to get recruited by the colleges, step up and visit GridironStuds.com today. we got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. GridironStuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up. And let yourself be seen.